Dorf for Virginia Sports. When they happen. Brought to you all basketball season long. May it rest in peace by the good folks over at Thorium Wealth. Check them out online, thoriumwealth.com for more information. Full disclosures, T-H-O-R-I-U-M, wealth.com. We're also brought to you tonight by Second String Sports. You can check them out online, secondstringsports.com, second with a two. First string quality, first string service, second string sports are thanks to them. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, not in, I don't know, some name, some city. Um, where Virginia may have been about to play basketball. Um, it is March the 18th. Uh, Virginia's season is over. Everybody's season is over. Every, everybody's everything is over. Spring football is not going to happen. The spring game's not going to happen. Recruiting's barely happening. Uh, classes aren't going to happen. Everything is awful. Where's the Tylenol? Um, yeah, we're, we're going to try our best to not be too gloom and doom, but uh, given the state of sports right now... <laughs> And the, where I guess you could say the lack of sports right now, that's going to be hard to do. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the like the rabid sports fan who also owns a sporting goods shop. Yeah, it's, it's the time of my life. Uh, who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? Not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> not, up in uh, Reston, staff writer Justin Ferber also on this here program. How's it going, dude? It's going. Uh, it's a good thing I set up a, a quasi office in my in my uh, place of residence just for this podcast because I really need it right now all the time. Um, yeah, so it's been great. But I'm healthy, so can't can't get too upset. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter, if Twitter's still a thing. <laughs> Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates. May they rest in peace. Content items. May they almost rest in peace and the occasional witty banter. Listen, um, I'm, I'm laughing because of the absurdity of it all, right? Like, we, we had a podcast last week, and then we went to the ACC tournament. Ferber and I probably watched, what, seven plays of the, the, the game we were supposed to be scouting. We went back to the hotel. We recorded a podcast. We woke up the next day. John Swafford says, hey, there are going to be games. I'm like, cool. Ran the preview with the podcast. We had this cool idea uh, to, to merge, like, kind of like what you would call like a traditional preview with the the audio of the podcast and um that i was really excited about um man i picked a heck of a a time to bring that out of the um uh, um out of the tool bag um and then you know to have everything go down the way it went down uh that day uh, in greensboro and then everything that has happened since it that feels like literal years ago um you know it's that old joke about man um the, the <laughs> these first couple of days have been one heck of a month. I mean, it's it's it, it has everything has moved quickly, and yet it, the, the if you go out in the in the world, like everything is just weird. Like nothing feels right, and I don't even mean that just because you know the NCAA tournament's not happening and everything. I mean, just like you just go outside and it's just a weird vibe in the air. You know, it's just it's just strange. Um, I think what we should do tonight. Well, first off, I, I Ferber just said something that made me think about it. Um. As someone who works from home, um, many of you who are listening to this probably are, you know, working from home, maybe for the first time in a long time, um, where you've actually had to spend ex- extensive time at home. And I will just give you two tips. One is find a place in your house to actually work that is not the couch, because you won't get anything done there. Um, and the second is try to keep yourself to some sort of routine. If you can get up at the same time and do something similar every day. Um, it, it helps. It helps you not lose track of like what day it is. 
Um, and if you have if you have you have any needs for any other tips, feel free to email me. I'm I'm more than happy to help. I think that's the first time I've ex- ever solicited email uh, on the show. Um, all right, let's let's start here. We didn't get a chance to talk about the end of the season because the season ended abruptly and without our our consent and whatnot. Um, I kind of want to talk about just the way it ended. Um, Virginia on an eight-game winning streak. Cavaliers poised to go to Greensboro. They would have played Notre Dame on Thursday night, and then obviously that did not happen. Um, I personally am going to have a hard time with the end of Mamadi Diakite's career. I wrote a whole column about it. I've been feeling weird about it ever since I wrote it. Um, I still have this weird – it's just it, it's just hanging, right? It's just this hanging chad of, of life. Um, so I know for me, as we'd have this discussion, that's going to weigh heavy. Dave, as you look back on this season, uh, what will be, other than the fact, the way it ended, right? Because I think obviously that'll be the thing we all remember. Um, what will be the lasting impression of this team on you? And, and, and what does this senior class mean to you? Yeah. I mean, taking away the, like I said, we'll, we'll all remember how it ended. Um, I mean, as far as this particular team, just, the progression they made um, just what they were at the beginning of January versus what they were going into the ACC tournament, you know, without really any dynamic changes in personnel or rotation or, or strategy or anything else, just honestly, just kind of buying into what Tony does, which is commit yourself on the defensive end and, you know, play as efficient basketball as you can with the pieces you have. That's, that's what they did. And they did it in a way that, you know, made the honestly their run for the last during the winning streak to end the season. If you look at like probabilities and and you know uh, predictions going into the game, that run was similar to the run through the Grade Eight and Final Four, Elite Eight and Final Four last year. Um, as far as just kind of winning a coin flip every time, um, it's been an incredible run of luck for Virginia fans. So I mean, it's almost fitting that it it's sandwiched between becoming the first one to lose to a 16 and being the first champion that, you know, that I can find, you know, short of being stripped of a title that will have a two year reign, um, without winning two. Um, so I mean, it's a very a bizarre bookend on, on the, the last three seasons. If you think about it, um, the seniors in particular, like Mamadi, I feel like he's been around the program as long as Tony has, um, you know, we, we talked about that kid when he was still in high school, you know, was he committed before he, you know, it's like a year between when we, the rumor was he committed. Uh, I'll let you specify if that was more than rumor, Brad, um, <laughs> versus when he actually, you know, committed the red shirt year and then just his career, you know, the flashes of potential and the, you know, the repeated, like the repeated mistakes that he took so hard, you know, and that Tony gave him so much grief for early in his career. And, you know, I mean, I think he had a very good senior year. Uh, man, I'm sure he would have liked to have finished a different way as every kid had. But, you know, he hit the shot like that will never be forgotten. It's part of the first championship team. And, you know, he, he was a glue on this team um, through a very turbulent season. And then Braxton Key, obviously, who joined last year and, yeah, you know, you know help played very big in big moments last year, and and was a steady defender this year, even through his both broken wrist and all that stuff. Like those two guys meant a lot to program. They'll they'll be remembered for a long time. Um, 
it is just it, I can't get over how surreal it is that it's just gone. <laughs> it's just just ended. Yeah, I, and that I think that's the thing that keeps hanging with me, man. Is like, I look. I'm. I don't mean to say that like I think the game should have. I'm not. I'm not. We're not arguing that. <laughs> like we had that conversation, right? And and hey, look. I am sometimes I you know I I like to to tell people that I I'm never met a victory lap I didn't want to take and um, Ferber is very good at the TV, um you know when the game is going to be you know what time the game is going to be and that kind of thing what channel it's going to be on that's Ferber's you know bag, um Dave Dave came through with the infectious disease uh, uh beat or whatever man like everything I feel like everything Dave said has come to pass and i would actually like dave to stop saying things um yeah dave's not talking about stuff. yeah let's yeah like, let's let's forward. let's yeah because you're too good at this um <laughs> but no like i mean we we had that conversation right so i mean it's not that yeah. it's like it's just like there's this it it there's no there's no closure right there's no like even the team that lost umbc like that was their fate like that's what happened to them you know and i hated that for zay and i hated that for dev you know, and then for them to come back the next year and win the championship, can, can any fan base really compare three year runs like Virginia's had? Right, to lose to a sixteen, to win the national championship, and then come back the next year with with the with the group you have, get the crap beat out of you in the press and in in sometimes on the court, and be where they were, and then to win eight games, go into the and into the into the postseason, and it just be and it just ends like that's just the weirdest three year stretch. Um, that you can imagine, you know. No, just be not, not to make light of the situation, but just <laughs> I find myself just thankful this didn't happen last year. Like, <laughs> if we'd that's been a really about, good point. I would, yeah, if we lost to UMBC and then had it's happened, me as a Virginia fan, like this is not a public health comment. Don't right, come yeah, after yeah, me yeah. about it. Don't come. Don't, but, don't email. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess we should consider ourselves, you know, blessed um, <laughs> that Hashtag. it happened the way it did. Hashtag blessed. Um, yeah. Um, so I mean, it could be worse. Um, Ferber, you, you were never, I, I would say, completely sold on this team, right, in terms of them being really good. And even when they got good, or at least were winning, you were still of the mindset that, like, yeah, one of these is going to kind of go against them. Um, is it weird for you to not have that sort of closure for this group? Um, what's <laughs> it, that? it almost it almost feels like a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say, like, the closest equivalent we have to this in sports, you know, recent history anyway, would be like if a player went down with a season ending injury in a big season or a senior season or, you know, some sort of playoff run or something. That's the only thing I can really think of. Um, but I mean, it happened to the entire sport. So it's not like one team basically got screwed. Um, True. I think Major League Baseball, the strike season. Yeah, I guess that's a yeah, good parallel. That's about the only one. Yeah, and then obviously NHL missed what an entire season. Um, yeah, that just feels different though because it was it was before the season started. You know, it, like the season never happened. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I would yeah, it, it feels incomplete, but at the same time, uh, I think UVA kind of went out on a high note. To be honest with you, uh, I, I I thought they had a pretty good chance to to make a run in Greensboro. Um, not necessarily saying they would have won the tournament or anything, but I think they could have won a game or two um, and gotten to the final maybe, maybe even won it, um, or they could have lost to Notre Dame. Uh, so as far as like the outlook for their season, I this is going to sound weird, and I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, and there's no way to prove it because we'll never know. Um, 
I almost feel like uh, there's a lot of other endings to this season that would have felt worse than the one that they got. Now that's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting frame. I mean, if they got blown out in the now, first obviously, game, obviously, obviously, the, the I'm not trying to compare a pandemic to losing to a basket, losing a basketball yeah, no, game. No, I got you. No, I feel you. I feel you. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I think that, um, to be quite honest with you, I think a lot of people had uh, forgotten about how they looked a month ago, and or I guess a little bit more than a month ago, and we're so caught up in wins and losses because wins make you feel good and losses don't make you feel good, and how you got there sometimes is just as important, or you know, says a lot about what you are as a team, strengths, weaknesses. I mean, I think that they could have won a game or two in the tournament, and maybe if they got a good draw or, or won a couple of toss-ups, maybe they make a run, but I think it's just as likely that they would have lost in the first round or the second round, um, either in a close, low-scoring game or in a blowout loss um, because that's how they usually end their season. <laughs> they either lose a close, devastating game, uh, see Syracuse, 2016 um, Michigan State right yeah uh, and or they get blown out see UMBC Florida, uh, Florida twice Florida yeah uh, I mean like that that's that's sort of how I felt like it was gonna go um, and while that season would have had a logical ending that we're used to even in a loss I, I think that um, this is just my opinion I think that people's expectations had had kind of changed or um, and this is not everybody, but I thought that, I think that people got put started putting the cart before the horse in terms of like how good this team actually is. Um, I think that the computer numbers for this team are closer to reality than people want to give the computers credit for. Um, they won a lot of really close games against a lot of mediocre teams, and then at the end of the season, they beat two good teams, and they obviously beat Florida State earlier in the season. Um, they are. They were a good team. They definitely deserve to finish in the top twenty-five, and I think that that's a good season. Nobody's going to raise a trophy at the end of this thing. So I mean, everybody kind of has an incomplete at the end. But I mean, for UVA, I don't think people will look back on this season ten years from now as anything other than oh, it's a season that got cut short. Yeah. Like I don't think there's going to be a lot of other takeaways from it. Um, but I think if if people ten years from now say like that team could have won the national championship, they're just getting ahead of themselves yeah That's i want to one thing we haven't talked about i think like i don't want to slight momity because of his decision but i found myself thinking the other night like how bad would this have felt if kyle and ty and Dre oh, yeah. had come like, back. came hey. back to make another run i mean that's a disaster if it was last year yeah i mean i'm saying if they no, i'm saying if they had to come back this year to make another run oh yeah and this had happened like, like and there's kids out there who did that and there's kids like obi toppin at dayton who had a chance to be you know well, the, that, those basketball. were the ones that had they outkicked their coverage, so to speak. Yeah. So you think about like Texas Tech last year, like that Texas Tech team in Auburn, like those teams, you know, they had players. They they're not usually good, but they had great seasons because you know everything came together. And it's like imagine that happening. This I mean, it did happen this year. Hundred percent did. Like we don't necessarily know it was going to be Dayton. But somebody's Final Four run got cut short, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably one that they haven't had in a long time. And Dayton could be one, San Diego State, Rutgers, I mean, uh, Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually, uh, a few. this is kind of off topic, but a few days before the ACC tournament, I went to the CAA tournament and watched William & Mary lose to Elon. Um, William & Mary's never been to the tournament. They were really good this year. 
you know and and i have some friends that went there and they were like i'm kind of glad we didn't make it because this would have been devastating to finally get in and then not even get to see a game you know east east tennessee state east tennessee state there's so many real ones like those are the schools like i mean i I feel bad for our players because we've watched them for years but Mm -hmm. there's so many stories like this of schools that aren't national brands and you know virginia yeah virginia's in a position to reload and do it again next year and many of these programs aren't and, and it, it sucks that like Mamadi and Braxton seasons are cut short, but I mean, like, how is that any different than like Isaiah Wilkins and Devin Hall's ending? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and also those two guys won a national championship. So I think like 20, 30 years from now, they'll look back on that, you know, and not necessarily like the unfinished, they don't have any unfinished business. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, they, they finished the business and this year was just, let's see if how far we can go. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what Ferber said a minute ago. Right, like that of the of the possibilities, right? That maybe this is the best one because you do get to sort of. It's almost like you can pretend that they were gonna like make a run, right? When I I personally don't think that was very likely, right? So think about like this. So on the positive side, right? You you got to get the year after a title out of your system, right? You got the you got the you know the joy right because what did you say something about people love like they love winning and they hate losing or they don't like losing or whatever you get the joy of winning eight in a row and finishing on top and have you know how many virginia teams have ever finished the year you know winning eight games in a row right what did the one what is the one last year two four six right um i mean that's a that's that's unusual right you you get all of those benefits without the negative of feeling the the gut punch. Um, at the same time, I wonder how much in, in in most people's estimation the unknown matters, right? So so there's definitely a benefit from not losing, but what's the negative of not knowing if you would have won, right? I mean, realistically, had this team you know won a game or two in the NCAA tournament, like that would have been seen as a as a as a clear you know, win for the season. I think most that's a of good, us. That's a good season. <laughs> right. And, and if they had, and, and when you're coming off, but when you're coming off of a championship, would it have felt that way after they've won eight in a row and everybody's like, hey, we're good again. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's an interesting thought process to sort of try to go through. Obviously, you know, the fact that we, we, we don't know for sure, um, we, that part in and of itself is just so, it's not just, it's not just like, hard to imagine it's also it 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 has an emotional sort of connection you know what i mean so like i i bet you if we if we polled fans and um heck you know in this in this uh this era of literally no content um maybe i will but i'm curious i would be curious to know if most people think that um you know that that them playing a game or two and losing would have been better or worse than them not playing. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea that they go into the to the postseason where they were, and you and you ha- it, it's it's like a Rorschach test. You know, it's whatever you want it to be. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like the uh, this is a weird, uh, and I don't think I'm spoiling something from 2007, but it's kind of like the end of The Sopranos, where it just cuts to black. Like, you know, th- the rest of it is is unwritten, sort of so to speak. Like there is no you know, and people like the jar, it's like being on the phone with somebody and the call cuts out and you have no idea what they said. It's not, it just feels unresolved. Even, even for teams, I mean like Notre Dame, they weren't going anywhere, but their season ended before it could actually end. You know what I mean? 
Oh, gosh. Um, so to to answer, I, I firmly believe that Mamadi Diakite was committed for far longer than anyone really knows. And um, maybe only he and Ron Sanchez will ever really know at what point he actually committed. Um, I guess now we can we can talk a little bit about what happens now, right? So Mamadi and presumably, uh, you know, at, at this point it doesn't look like the NCAA is going to allow um, – winter sports seniors to play again um, or going to give them that uh, eligibility relief that they talked about for spring sports. Um, so Mamadi and Braxton Key obviously gone. They get Caden Shedrick off his red shirt. They get Joey, excuse me, Sam Hauser. God, every, am I going to call the kid Joey for the rest of his career at UVA? Yeah, don't freak out. You're going to scare people. People are going to think, oh, they're getting both. <laughs> we went through, We already did that, right? Um, Sam Hauser, who legitimately probably has an all-ACC preseason all ACC sort of uh, push from 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 some people at least um, they get everything back otherwise you know Wolden sign Morcel coming off of you know a year when they got a lot of good experience Kihei Clark will finally have some backcourt help with uh, Reese Beekman coming um, obviously Jabri Abdul Rahim the kind of the the gold star of that class uh, at least in terms of the offensive production that Virginia is expecting to to have um, or at least to to, to need. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot to like, especially with the way Jay Huff played down the stretch, and thinking about you know what what they'll what they'll want to do there. Even if let's let's assume for now that there are no other pieces added, right? So no grad transfers. They don't use that other scholarship. This is just what the roster is for next year. I mean, I feel pretty good about that team. I think that team can score. I think that team can defend. I think that team has lots of different options. I'm a little bit my, – my one question mark is in the post because, you know, we haven't seen Jay Huff be a guy who can um, who can anchor the defense. He can, he, can, he can certainly protect the rim. But can he – you know, what do they do when they don't have Mamadi Akite? You know, those are tall – that's a tall order for um, whoever steps into that slot. My guess would be is that they would like for Shedrick to be – in that discussion, asking him to do that as a redshirt first year probably is too tall a task, right? So realistically, your five is going to look probably something like Clark, um, one of the other twos. Um, you want probably want Jabri to run the three, um, Hauser at the four. Um, that's a that's a lot to ask a Jay Huff, and this team would be is going to be very different um, from the one that we just saw play. Dave, in terms of just sort of your outlook, assuming that basketball finally does come back. Um, and we, we all return to some semblance of normalcy. What's, what's your gut tell you, at least as of today, uh, about what that team will look like next season? My guess is they'll score a lot more than this team did. Um, but I think they'll give up quite a few more points than this team did. So, yeah, it's we've talked about it at nauseum. You know, like guys in their first year in Tony's system don't traditionally score a lot. Um, but – you know, I think Hauser is going to be an exception, kind of like Anthony Gill was. Um, and Hauser is probably going to be – I'm assuming Hauser is going to be the highest scoring first year under Tony, um, you know, because we haven't had a situation like his yet where you're coming in as a you – know, with three years of proven, you know, production at a – Yeah, they've never level. had a guy like him that no. polished starting. No. Exactly. I mean, and he's really good, and, he, and he, his versatility in today's game – yeah, I, mean, I think you can bet he's going to be the highest first-year scorer under Tony. Um, 
I mean, you think about like Austin Nichols. Like Austin yeah. Nichols probably would have been probably that guy been. if yeah. he could, you know, if he didn't get in trouble. Well, see, I guess technically, if you count his one game played or whatever, <laughs> the highest average. But, I think he had like twelve points or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was more than that. I think it was 15 or 16. Um, yeah. Anyway, just some forget. crazy number. You just have to throw it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, the team I mean, as a whole. I don't think anybody's like, going to argue that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, the team as a whole, like like I said, I think you've got more skill. Like Clark will be able to get off the ball some, which will make him, you know, give him more energy late in the game. Not, not that he seems to need it for some reason. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Like Raheem on, is going to give you a little more scoring punching and off the dribble than than we got from Braxton, um, but he doesn't like. I mean, I'm, he's not going to come in being a Braxton key level defender on the wing, and that's you know that's why Bra- Braxton like was an unsung hero. Like the guy could defend and he could rebound like crazy. So I mean, there's some definitely some interesting holes to fill. Um, I mean, I think you're right. Like, you know, what do you do in the post? I mean, Kafaro, Shedrick, or and um, and Huff are going to have to. I mean, I expect a, a good season from Huff. Like we, he played very, very well coming down the stretch. And if anyone's really, really upset about the end of the season, it's probably him. Um, not that the others aren't, but he really was coming on. So an off season with confidence, seeing how Jay Huff looks after that, um, is interesting. And you know, some of the reports from Shedrick, but I mean, I think a guy we're not probably talking about enough is McCoy because there's some some good stuff for him coming out of practice and how he battled with the guys. And he's a guy who's got the versatility and length to kind of guard that three, four spot, um, especially in, you know, relief of Raheem. So it's a good roster. I mean, we're so glad Hauser didn't get a waiver or something this year. That would have sucked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good team. I'm interested to see what changes. I mean, I mean, I think we'd all have to assume not based on any knowledge that someone's going to move. Um, don't know who it would be, and I could be completely wrong. But you know, history—that's just suggests, the nature of the sport. Yeah, history suggests someone would go. Um, I'm not going to speculate because it would just be pure speculation. And Brad hasn't told us anything that I'm trying to not share with you. Um, so, I mean, my guess is someone gets added or someone leaves. Like that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and there's a lot of good transfers popping up. So, who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, unless you can find like a, a four or five defensive guy i don't really know what the need would be for the team now well i think if you think about in terms of the four right so unless you think sam hauser can be the three and i'm i mean maybe right i'm not necessarily sold on that my guess would be that the the three minutes would go to other guys and that they would probably like to play him um i mean if you think about like sort of what his skill set is and how it compares to braxton um, in a lot of ways, you probably think like, hey, you, you would get maybe not necessarily as rugged a guy, but you would get a guy who would be able to shoot the ball with a lot more consistency. And if that's the case, what does that mean for your 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 three man who in, in um, Jabri who can, you know, basically get any shot he wants, especially given what you saw from Wold to Tensai and if Beekman's coming off the bench. And there's a lot to like about that group, right? Especially, you know, McCoy can can give him some some quality minutes. There's a lot to like. Um, if you play a scenario where Hauser's the three and you're trying to figure out who to pair with Huff in terms of the post, and, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there will be times when they play teams with length that they might want to do that. I mean, there's a lot of versatility, though, in just, in just knowing you can have this conversation 
which is, you know, in some ways not a conversation we could have about this year's team. Um, there's, I think, a lot to like. Ferber, when you look at the the prognosis for Virginia basketball and you see him, what, they're were they the odds on favorite to be the national champion? Um, yeah. When those when those lines came out, what um, what uh, or I guess when the odds not lines came out, what's uh, what's your general sense of what's ahead for them? Yeah, I mean, definitely an optimistic outlook. I think that earlier in the season when things weren't going well, uh, you know, we we kind of I know the collectively among the three of us kind of said, hey, this year just got to get through it. Um, it might be up and down at times, but next year will be better. And I think that the Vegas odds makers agree. I mean, uh, they bring back Kihei Clark, who really went from a complimentary piece last year with Ty Jerome, you know, handling the ball so much to a guy that could really run the offense. And, um, you know, if he can, if he can cut back on some of the turnovers and I think he will, um, with more scoring around him, I think that he's going to be good. Um, next year and maybe he takes another leap and becomes you know a first team all ACC player or something um, I'm excited about the freshman class I think uh, Jabri is going to be a really good uh, player right out of the gate um, I think you know you have a couple of our three young guys that I'm thinking of now that this year I think they either took their lumps or didn't play um, but I think next year we start to see that work pay off, and that's Casey Morsell, uh, Justin McCoy, and then Caden Cedric, who redshirted. Um, I think those three guys, you could you could kind of see them take a leap. Um, you know, Wolda Tensai and Statman, I think they got some important minutes this year, and we'll see what comes for them. Um, I think Dave's right. I think the, the, the post-defender is probably the thing that you're worried about the most. Um, and that's one of those things where it's like, not only is the scoring usually kind of slow to pick up under Tony Bennett, it's the the big man defense usually takes time as well. I mean, the guys that play a lot of minutes of those positions are usually veteran players. Um, so I don't know exactly what you do there, but uh, you know we'll see. Sam Hauser obviously very exciting, but I think the outlook is definitely positive. Um, what I would kind of like to see if they have an open spot at some point is not just a, a you know, interior defender, but somebody that is just a bona fide shooter. Um, Kihei obviously improved in that area. Wolda Tensai hopefully takes a leap. Hauser can shoot. Um, but it would be nice to have just like one guy off the bench that could come in and get you some points when you need them because um, Casey obviously struggled a lot with his shot. McCoy's not really a bona fide shooter. Uh, Jabri is a talented player, but I don't think the outside shooting is like the you know strongest aspect of his game. I think he'll be fine in that area, but um, I think it'd be nice to have a guy that could come off the bench and, and knock down a couple of shots, which is really what they thought Wolde Tensai would be this year, and and he showed it at times. But and maybe he can be that guy next year. But uh, if they needed something and we're going to add to it, I think that's what I would probably be looking for. But uh, the the outlook is good. I mean, I'm I'm not really worried about next year being. A bad year. It's just going to be how the pieces fit together and what the lineup looks like, and I think it'll be a really fun team to watch. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, so we're about thirty minutes in. I want to. I do want to change gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the lack of spring football, um, because that is. I mean, listen, a handful of teams, right, did get either some spring or all of spring. I, I'm not sure how many actually completed spring, but obviously a lot of teams did begin their spring practice before. Um, the um, social distancing and, and different um, flattening of the curve um, aspects took over. 
Virginia, of course, not one of those teams. The Cavaliers, of all the years to not have a spring ball, this feels like the one where you – I mean, not like the one because anytime you're coming off of a quarterback change, but especially when your quarterback was as much of your team and your, your offensive success as Bryce Perkins was, for them to not have spring, not have Brendan Armstrong get those snaps – um, I saw something super interesting, though. Jack English, the former Cavalier um, offensive lineman, tweeted the other day that basically um, spring ball was the most overrated um, thing he, you know, in his career and that he, he basically despised it, which I thought was interesting because I always thought and, you know, up until that point thought at least unequivocally that spring ball was was a big benefit to the players and certainly to the coaches as they got extra film on guys. Um, I'm not sure if, if that if my opinion on that has changed, but it's hard to hear a player say that and not take some semblance of uh, of, of, of something from it. That being said, listen, they're not going to have spring ball, um, and I'm curious what we think that means for, for, for the team. Certainly, you would rather, if you're Brennan Armstrong, it seems like you would rather have those practices, if nothing else, just to have them, let alone you know how you actually compete. Um, Ferber, we'll start with you. How, how are we feeling about not having spring ball? It's weird. Um, I think what Jack was probably trying to say is it's a lot of like developmental work. And for them, they probably and also there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, the spring game is not like a real game. So it's not like you have that game to look forward to. Um, so I completely understand why. I mean, it's the same thing as any other practice, right, where practice is, is not really fun. Like it's not, you know, you look forward to the games because the games are easy compared to practices. Um but yeah, I mean, I think for some programs, it'll probably be a bigger loss than others. I think for UVA, it's not as big of a deal as, as some other programs because for one, they've been to a bowl three straight years. So over that period, that's like 40 something practices and three extra games. Um, and they played an ACC championship game, which was another week of practice. Um, so they're not really lacking for film at this point for the guys that are actually on the team. Obviously, for the quarterback change, that does hurt. And I think what's a bigger detriment than losing spring practice is that they're all gone from school. Um, so not only can they not practice, Brennan can't like get together with them and throw with them, right? Assuming that everybody left Charlottesville as they were told to, I believe. Um, so, I mean, not being able to have guys together is probably a bigger detriment for me than, than losing the actual practices. What about you, Dave? What are your thoughts? It's a weird thing. Like, I mean, if it was just Virginia, I think it'd be a much bigger deal. But it seems to be just about every school is not going to have spring ball this year. I, I, not very many had, had completed. There are some that have. But even the SEC has canceled it. So, I mean, that should tell you something. Um, if if I had to guess, and this is totally a guess, I would say the NCAA probably adds a week early to start the season next year to make up for it. Um, assuming be that we're back to normal yeah assuming we're back to normal by august late july i wouldn't be surprised to see a week added especially for incoming freshmen or guys who matriculated in january through the through the fall to be able to practice with their coaches more than they would typically because there's going to be a push for that um i mean the first week of the season we you know we, we have a decent opponent so and that's the, you know one week matters a lot in college football. So I think you'll, you'll see it made up for it somehow. Um, I think Justin hit it though. Like it's to me, it isn't so much the lack of spring ball because Brendan's been around the program enough. He's going to be getting work from, from coach Beck, and you know, he, he's going to be deep, deeper into the playbook. It, it'd be a lot worse if we had like a, a guy who just arrived to the program 
you know, who we thought would be starting going in. Um, but the other thing, you know, I, I think the big thing is right. Like, what do these kids do when they're at home? They still have to stay academically eligible without study hall and tutors for the, you know, cause they're at home. So they're going to have to be disciplined and, you know, their workout routine, where are they going to be like when they get back? Cause you, you know, you know, Grizz isn't going to give them any, give them a break if they show up, you know, out of shape whenever they do come back. So that'll be interesting, but you know, we have some good leaders on the team. Those guys are going to do what they do. I mean, I can't think of a guy we're expecting in a major role this year who I'm worried about not following through with, with what he has to do. Um, so, I mean, I guess we're in a better spot than a lot of programs with that, but it's, it's little trivial stuff that will probably it'll pop up, you know, off the field mistakes and that kind of thing. Like that, that'll just happen more because they're not in a structured environment. And I think every program will see that. Um, but from the positive perspective, like, you know, I think, I think Jeff White said there's 12 guys recovering from surgery. who wouldn't have been able to participate anyway. You know, it, anytime you're not hitting, you know, yeah, there is some upside to it. I mean, it does hurt your, you know, football development, but it does, you know, keep some miles off the engine, so to say. So everyone's in the same boat. We'll, we'll see where they get. Um, I mean, I guess that means you get to cover like one less spring practice or something. I don't know. <laughs> so it's, that could be a huge content change, but um, it's just weird, man. I mean, but for me, like it, it's, it's not, it's not the football stuff. It's the what happens without the structure that I mean, think about these kids day, man. It, it, we've talked about it before, but like, I couldn't do with what these D1 athletes do when I was their age. Like, I mean, they're up at five in the morning. They're working out. They're going to class. They're going to study hall. They're working out again with, with you know, with spring practice. All of a sudden, that's just gone for them. Um, so, so I'm sure there's going to be some there's going to be some transgressions and guys not doing what they should. I don't know which guys they'll, they'll be, but it'll happen. I think your point about the one thing I did not consider or had not considered greatly was the idea that, I mean, listen, the lack of, um, of time to work is certainly detrimental, but at the same time, there is a positive to the idea that, you know, you're not going to come out of spring ball with, you know, you know, presumably right with injuries, of guys who otherwise, you know, would have been healthy if they had not been playing, right? So there is, I guess, some side benefit to it. But the the lack of, to Ferber's point, I think was a great one, the idea that, like, the lack of being able for, for, for guys to work out together uh, and be together in and of itself, even without just the loss of spring practice, is probably um, a much bigger deal. Um, I'm sure to the coaching staff, the lack of spring practice is the big deal, right? Like, they, they're probably, there is no, like, um, you know, Bronco talks about, you know, they got a plan for this and a plan for that. I don't think there's a plan for that spring ball doesn't happen. There might be a plan for like if half the team is hurt, but you would expect on some level that you will have some semblance of spring practice. And I, and I, I think will, too, I will say this if there's any coach in America that has a pandemic plan, it it's probably, probably be Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to think that like you're, you're not going to have the, the guys that you would play in the fall ready in the spring to play. It's another thing to think that nobody's going to play at all in the spring. Um, I wonder too, if like, you know, cause we've been talking a little bit about, you know, since heck forever, right. You know, Bryce is gone. Brennan, what will the offense look like? I think we all kind of expected with, you know, an offensive line with more experience and, and overall ability and, and, pop, and probably some added depth too. 
um, you know, that, that it might look a little different, right? Like they, you know, skill set wise, Brennan and Bryce are not the same dude. Um, and so I wonder, you know, it, how much that slows that process. Um, you know, you can give Brennan a lot of stuff to, you know, to study, so to speak. But until you, you, you're showing him, you know, until he's facing live bullets, that's tough. But even in the spring, what's, you know, how's that translate? He seems to be a gamer. Uh, and he seems to be a guy who, um, in those moments, plays pretty well. Um, you know, I just I wonder about that aspect of it. Overall, though, I mean, look, defensively, they got a lot of dudes coming back and not a whole lot of questions to answer, except for maybe a corner. Um, Dave, what's your general feeling about the defense um, and their, you know, them missing spring ball? I mean, I mean, they've got a lot coming back. You're right, but they are. You know, I, I think it's the same. Not to <laughs> not to cop out, but you know, it, it'd be nice to have them. You know, this defense with the talent they have coming back, um, and I think they can still do it in, in the fall. But you know, yeah, I think now, as you get into where where you're seeing normal kind of rotational replacements, um, you know, guys backing up and then becoming the star. When people know the defense better, you can start doing more exotic things. Um, so there's going to be some blitz packages that would probably be put in a typical spring that they they can't tinker with this spring. And then in the fall, like you're going to have some time for that, but you're also staring the Georgia Bulldogs in the face. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll probably get into game specific practices a little no, more quickly than you were if you were opening against, say, a CAA opponent or something. So, so for the defense, that's probably what you're going to be missing. It's just, um, I mean, I don't think they need more reps. Like, you know, most of the guys that we're going to count on have some have some experience. Um, maybe ironing out positions in the secondary would have would have happened, but you know, a lot of those guys have been dinged up too. So, again, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that huge of a deal, given the fact they still get to play, right? We hope. We hope. What about you, Ferber? What do you? What's your general sense on that side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, continuity is key, and that you know, it, it, it's it's tough to project because you, you do lose a few guys. But I mean, I think that that's just across the board in college football. So I mean, I, that just sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> that was like the most non-analysis analysis ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see what things look like in the fall once everybody gets together and, um, yeah, I, I don't really, I think Dave pretty much nailed it. <laughs> I have, I have no, no he has, a, he has no additions. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I think he nailed it. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's end this week just talking about just, I mean, listen, can can we have a discussion in in life right now that does not talk about sort of the the craziness that is the world, right? Um, you know, I'm a, I'm the publisher of a website that covers Virginia sports, and right now there are no Virginia sports, right? Basketball season is over. Um, the natural transition once that ends is to not only talk about how it ended, but then to focus on spring football, um, and that's not happening. Um, if you really, you know, if, if you had an, a strong interest in baseball or lacrosse, maybe you cover those sports, um, neither one of which are now happening. Um, there are no recruiting visits for right now. doesn't look like there'll be any recruiting visits for the, you know, the foreseeable future. Um, 
you know, Ronnie Walker was supposed to come on a visit, I think this weekend, right, was the time frame. Um, and that's obviously not going to happen. So it, the, the entire, you know, I feel like for me, right, everything has shifted underneath me. Um, you know, I, my my hat's off to, to um, those of us in the coastal who work for the different Roswell sites. You know, we, we, we put together a little series that, that generates some content. But by and large, like this is this is a weird, tough situation. Um, folks like Dave, who own small businesses, are having to, you know, look forward and try to, you know, make calls and figure things out on a completely um, just absolutely unheard of sort of level. Um you know, who, who would have thought if you owned a restaurant that just people couldn't come to your restaurant? Not, no, no, not that they didn't want to, but that they just couldn't, you know, like that's just crazy. Um, and so I feel like if we have a conversation about sports or this or that, we got to have a conversation just as three people trying to, you know, make it out. I mean, we're, you know, I joked earlier about working from home and this is what you need to think about. And Ferber, you know, I know you're working from home and, um, whatnot, but I mean, like, it's just, it's just strange. And I feel like, on some level, we got to talk about it. I'm going to open the floor to whoever wants to, whoever wants to talk about it next. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it has been a really, really crappy um, week. Like, you know, when we talked in the last podcast, and I mean, I kind of felt bad for being doom and gloom about, you know, the likelihood of the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament getting played. Because um, I mean. Like it just, just knowing what, what I knew, like it didn't look likely. And I mean, we're definitely, I mean, what we're doing as a society, you know, the, the, the restrictions being put in place are going to help, but they're still not where they probably need to be to really help and get this thing through quickly. Um, and I say that as a small business owner who like, yeah, I, I own a sporting goods shop, so I, I'll just here's my testimonial for how crappy the last few days have been. Um, you know, typically the March is our peak season. Like we, we joke about it all fair, but this is the time of the year where David, like all of a sudden can't watch games live and, you know, it is rewatching two or three hours later, texting you guys. Right. Like that's just how busy my life is right now. Right now I'd have plenty of time to watch basketball. <laughs> like, so it's my spigot got shut off pretty abruptly on friday when the vhsl announced you know um no spring sports in the state and then all the youth leagues you know baseball and softball would, would pay the bills for for my sporting goods shop um and when schools were forced you know when schools closed rightfully so that meant all the youth leagues could no longer practice or have anything so that's just baseball and softball are at a standstill um Typically, I would do about 15% of my year from last Saturday through April 1st. And this year, I'll be lucky to do 15% of that total business. Um, and that, that's just the reality we're in. And I could have, like, there's no mandate for me to be closed right now. I could be open, could have customers in the store. Um, so, like, this past Saturday, you know, Friday, the news kind of hit. Um Saturday, we were open, you know, trying to figure out how to do this. And I was like, well, we probably won't be busy because people know they can't practice. And we were absolutely slammed Saturday. Slammed to the point where an hour or two into the day, I felt uncomfortable with what I was seeing from employee exposure to customers, customers touching everything, like going on like life was normal. 
to the point where I was ready to stop and close the store in the middle of the day Saturday. Um, I actually sent an employee home, um, did most of the one-on-one stuff myself, and just got through the day and decided to close a business. Like, that was it. We're shutting down for a couple of days to figure it out. Um, just, you know, as a steward of public health, you know, to be a steward of public health even, like, there, there's a lot of people who aren't taking it seriously, and you've guys been on Facebook. I'm not going to get in that discussion about where you, you know. There's some political stuff in this that doesn't need to be there. There's some. There's a lot of people taking stances that great. You might look like a genius later on if we don't get it, but it won't be because you were right. It's because other stuff happened, right? Um, so I made a decision to close our store Monday and Tuesday. Two customers um, lost losing business but because I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and today we opened up by appointment only for, for pickup. And most likely me and most non-essential businesses will be shut down in the next couple of days, you know, by, by law. So there's a lot changing and it's just, it is what it is. Like, I don't know what this means for our business. If it goes on for four, four to six weeks, um, it'll be a, a, a kick in the gut that will be hard to recover from. But on the back end, I'll feel good about what I did to limit the exposure of the customers that come in my store to each other and their exposure to me and my subsequent passing on to my children, my family. Um, so it's a decision we had to make. And there's a lot of small business owners making those same decisions. Um, and I know how tough it is because other people depend on you, too. So it's just it's an unreal reality, like in a time we should be like stressing about Virginia losing the first round game tomorrow. <laughs> so, not to make light of it, but it's just, God, it's, it's been a rough few days. I mean, as you guys know, like I wasn't sure I could do the podcast tonight just cause it's a lot of the stuff's weighing on me. Um, like, cause I don't know what the right answer is other than to follow my conscience. And that's to pray that doing things the right way pay off in the end. Yeah. I mean, I think that you're doing the right thing. I mean, yeah, I do too. I, mean, I, think I think part of the problem choice. is it's not just the political stuff. It's also people are just, and I'm not saying all Ignorant people. Ignorant is the word you're looking for. Well, there. it's yeah, it's a minority <laughs> of people, but there, people are either don't see the big picture, or they're not willing to sacrifice the short term for the long term. Like this is something that we all are kind of in together. You know, like I said, it's not just UVA basketball that didn't have an end of a season. It's everyone, right? So I mean, like we're all kind of like hoping that doing what we're supposed to do for the next few weeks and months puts us in a position to where we don't have to deal with this down the road, right? It's like, do you, would you rather go on your spring break now, un, unimpeded, and then this thing just drags on because people were irresponsible, or would you rather just nip this in the bud now, right? Um, I'm a procrastinator by nature, uh, but in this case, I think it's better to just get the hard work out of the way and and let the professionals deal with it, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And sports are just a small sliver of the world. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be – I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when we get back to normal in that respect and games start being played again and everybody can go back out to bars and restaurants and second-string sports in, in, uh, in Stanton. Um, Stewart's draft. Stewart's draft, whatever. It's the same thing to me. It's all the Valley. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am with it. I mean, I, I mean, I think we'll see some long. T- I mean, I'm hoping that there'll be some long-term improvements in kind of the way we interact day to day moving forward. I mean, I didn't yeah. know I had to wash my hands for 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 
it's unreal now. Um, I mean, I will tell you, like, and this isn't like I'm not going to name any particular people, but I've seen a lot of people. Like, we started tracking when things started getting bad. Uh, I spent last week tracking, and I will tell you, like, I personally interacted like in the store with close to a thousand different people last week. Um, so when you think about it that way, like, that's why the decision, even though it's painful, became easy for me. Um, like, I'm, I don't have any symptoms or anything else, obviously, but. If I did, like that's a thousand people times whoever they see, right? It can be that easy when you're someone who's seeing that many people. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, like us, most of those thousand people I saw, the parents with them think this is all hype and nothing but the flu. Like every bad thing you read, every fake news thing you read on Facebook, like a lot of people like walk around spouting that stuff. Um, and that it, it just, it's not a good time. And that's for why, it. and that's why, and, and that, and I don't want, yeah, I don't want to get too cynical, yeah, I but, either, but, you guys but I think that's why you have to cancel things like the ACC tournament because yeah. otherwise people will just go like yeah. people are unwilling to sacrifice watching Duke NC state on a Thursday afternoon. Like they're just going to go. Um, and, and, and in part, you know, in the past we said, you know, the people that sit out in the rain in Scott stadium are great fans, but I mean, this is not like that. This is different. Um, and I mean, me and Brad, we sat there, you know, in Greensboro last a week from last night or a week from tonight. Um, and you know, there were people in the stands, thousands and we thought, Oh, okay. There won't be any fans, but they can keep playing. And then it became, Nope, they can't keep playing. And then it became, there's not going to be an NCAA tournament. And so, I mean, it all just, you know, it spirals, but then when you see things like what happened with Rudy Gobert and what happened with uh, Fred Hoiberg, who didn't end up having it. Um, but I mean, like that whole situation kind of shows you, like you kind of have to take a step back and and figure out what's going on. He wrote the podcast. Joe Harris has coronavirus. That's enough for me to be close, right? Yeah. So wait, wait. Joe Harris has coronavirus. Yeah, Joe Harris tested positive. Oh no, that's he's one of the four nets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she's got that beard now. Yeah, didn't shave. Um, one other thing I was just thinking about. Um, you ever you ever noticed how Americans really seem? Well, not all of them. I mean, obviously, a bunch of Americans like the idea of public transit. But you ever notice like the idea that like Americans seem to bristle when you start trying to talk about like maybe they shouldn't have their own car, right? Like, there's a certain I don't know inherent sort of I don't know I don't want to say freedom because that sounds ridiculous you know, and kind of um, like a pun, but I'm serious. Like there's a thing that is in, in our DNA and the idea that like you can't do something, you have to be like, most Americans want to know a good reason for that. Right. They want to know why, right. They want to, uh, that they want to understand that why. And the idea that, um, you know, you're doing something so something doesn't happen and you might not ever see the results of it. Right. Um, for it seems a lot of people that's hard yeah. to process. And, it's like not palpable or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they like, can't see it. It's not like a tangible thing that they right, can it's understand. Right, like out of sight, out of mind. And so, I mean, listen, I, I think for a lot of people that was that was a bridge too far at first. And until I genuinely do think that until the NBA suspended its season and the and the tournaments got called off, that I mean, even I don't know Tom Hanks getting it. Like I don't think that until that moment people were like. That that most people really understood, like, oh, this is what it's. Last make. Wednesday was like a was a tipping point. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And and I don't think that. Um, 
our podcast? <laughs> I don't think that that well, we did. We did do a show after that. Somehow. That's true. Um, I, I don't think that all of those dominoes fall if 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 uh, if Wednesday night doesn't go the way it went. Like you, you did need like one positive test in one sports league. And then, you know, then you start to think about, like, oh, you could trace all of the NBA teams to the Utah Jazz within 10 days. Um, and, and yeah, also and also too, it's like, like, think about if they had just, I, I know this is, you know, it didn't happen, but I mean, imagine if the Rudy Gobert thing doesn't happen. Yeah. And right. all of the tournaments just go on like normal. And then around this time, like, let's say today, they decide, like, oh, it's gone too far. We have to cancel. That's like 25,000 people a night in the Greensboro Coliseum. And then you're going to have people that were only there some nights. So it's probably like 40,000 people total in the building between the four days or whatever it is. And then you have the same thing in New York and the same thing in Indianapolis and Nashville and Las Vegas and Kansas City or wherever the Big 12. And then and all the NBA arenas and all the NHL arenas and spring training. And think about all those people that would have been in close contact with one another over the past week. I mean, the, the thing really could have like exploded. If if the changes that were made weren't made, uh, I mean, I would guarantee you if, if they tested every college basketball player, some you know, multiple people have it. Right, um, hundred. There's it's no just the numbers. That's yeah, true. Yeah, but you know, if you think about it, like Gobert getting it during the you know the peak part of the NBA season, like you know, we're heading into the playoffs. The players are you're playing just about every night. You know, NBA teams don't fly public charter. You know, they fly they fly charter. They they stay in their own floors of hotels. They're, yeah, even he, as isolated as he is, yeah, got it. they got it right. So your college kids were who, you know, fly charter, but they fly charter with boosters and all these other people. They're exposed to a lot more people than NBA. College players. campuses are germ-infested places. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, people don't practice great hygiene in college. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, that, that's that, that. It would have become a a big problem. Like, yeah, you understand why they had to do it and. Somebody had to bite the bullet and do it first. And obviously the NBA kind of did that. And then I think it was the Big Ten was like the first conference tournament that got canceled. Um, but, I mean, they had already – see, that's the thing. is like they had already taken these steps that were like um, compromises, right? Like we're going to play but without fans. And then it, it's like, okay, well, why, why are you doing that? It's like because it's risky. And then that, it's like you get to the point where it's like it's not even safe to have 30 people there, you know, the two teams and the refs and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it had to be done. We're all kind of biting the bullet at this point and, and taking it on the chin for now. I mean, but hopefully that leads to something better Yeah, six months from now and we have a football season, you know, and everything like that. Yeah, so. look, I mean, I don't want to leave this podcast. I'm sure this will come up for the next few weeks too, but. I, mean, I think one thing we maybe shouldn't overlook is you know, we've talked football, we talked you know basketball season come to an abrupt end, football spring getting past, but like the spring, you know, the other spring sports, the, the largely non-revenue sports, if you will, lacrosse, baseball, um, soccer, like those sports got shut down too, and now it seems like most of those kids yeah. are gonna be granted another year of eligibility, but like a lot of those kids aren't going pro, um, so. A lot of them are going to lose their senior year. And even if they can come back next year, they're going to have to come back on their own dime for another year, right? Um, unless some NCAA comes up with something. So, like, those kids, like, it, it sucks for them too. And it probably sucks for them worse than it does for a football team just missing spring practice. Or, I mean, it definitely sucks more than that. 
Um, and probably even worse than the NCAA, you know, the basketball guys getting their season cut when they did. At least they got to play. You know, a lot of teams are done already. Already, you know, we're already done for the year. So, you know, don't forget about those athletes and and all the seniors. You know, seniors in in college that are going to miss what should be the most fun part of their four years. You know, maybe hopefully they'll get to come back and have a commencement with all this is over. But like you guys remember what it was like being senior at college. Like that last couple months was what you worked for. Um, Heck, I stayed around college for an extra two months and worked at the school. <laughs> just so I didn't have to leave yet. Yeah. So, I mean, they're all missing that. And I do feel bad for them. Um, and then the seniors in high school right now, I mean, look, look, let's face it, you know, high schools in the state are closed for, you know, schools in the state K through 12 are closed through the end of next week. Right. And, and that's going to change soon. Like you can already see it. There's a lot of school districts are saying April, you know, the week after Easter now. And my guess is that'll be a, a statewide thing in the next couple of days. Um, like we, we certainly haven't hit the peak of what's going to be shut down. And that's just the way it is. Like if you want to get to where, you know, I've seen a lot of posts about like China's making their, you know, China's starting to return and all this, all this positive stuff, like for the other countries, but there are many, 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 many days ahead of us. And they did a lot yeah, of I mean, drastic the, stuff the, that we did. The story became a thing when I was in England, like the last yeah. day I was there was when yeah. coronavirus became a thing. I remember going to the airport and they were like checking people for it on the way back and that was january 23rd or something like that yeah and it took this long and it honestly between january 23rd and now it did not really register for me that much i mean i knew that it was a serious thing but i didn't foresee a situation where like we'd all be working from home yeah um you see what happens in italy and it's like oh well italy's different i mean people are on top of each other and you know it's and it wasn't the whole country either it was just parts of it um and China had so many people. So you think like, oh, you know, we'll be fine. But I mean, it just shows you like we take so many things for granted, including sports. Um, I mean, like right now I'd be getting ready for the NCAA tournament. But even in June, it's like you can just flip on a baseball game because it's always there. Right. And yeah. and now we're getting to maybe understand, you know, what it's like to not have something. So. I mean, it's not, and it's not even just like the, it's not even that. It's like, think about just like the little things, you know, like my YMCA closed. I, I have been going, like I've started working out and I'm like religious about it. And the idea of like not doing it just seems really strange, you know? So it's not even just like there's no NCAA tournament. It's like all these other little things in addition to that. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, I, I think psychologically, that's the thing that, um, that causes you to feel so uneasy. It's like nothing makes any sense, right? It's not just like, oh, the NCAA crumbled and therefore there's no tournament this year. It said, like, oh, there's this and there's these, all these other, you know, little things, you know? Um, and then, too, like, you can't, you can't go to a movie. You can't do, you know what I'm saying? Like, these little things. And at the same time, a lot of us are dealing with, like, huge things, right? Your business, your, you yeah. know, you have an elderly uh, family member who, you know, you're, you can't go see because you're trying to protect them. Like, there's just so much around this that it does it 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 it, it is crazy and at, at the same time it's like you are getting ready for a storm it's like you're getting ready for a hurricane but there's no wind you know you're getting ready for a snowstorm but there's no cold you know what i'm saying like it is you're doing all of these things to prepare yourself or to to protect yourself and it never feels like anything is happening and i think for you know a lot of people who are just sort of stuck in their houses and you know hanging out with their kids um, if nothing else, maybe folks will come out of this thinking that uh, teachers, you know, should make a whole lot more money than they do. 
Um, but realistically, like you, you just kind of got to get through it. And unfortunately that just means, you know, Americans have to be patient and we're not exactly a patient bunch. Yeah. And and this podcast too. I mean, this podcast is going to be definitely worse (laughs) for the next few months. So, I mean, you guys are just going to have to deal with that. I don't, I mean, we kind of got the first, the last bits of what we have to talk about out of the way. Um, so I don't know what next week's show is going to be, but I'm going to need like four or five beers before we start because I'm going to need some, get some creative juices going. No doubt. And Hey Brad, I know you like to put a pin in it, but I'm going to put a pin in this week for us. Cause, um, (laughs) I mean, mean, if you're on social media, you've seen the please, but I'm going to, I'm going to come to like our listeners and, and anyone else out there. Like, um, I mean, small businesses are going to be hit really hard the next few weeks, not just mine, you know, restaurants, everyone. Like there's a small business in whatever community you're in, like do what you can now to help them. Um, I know like there's going to, you know, the government governor is talking about small business loans being made available, you know, crisis loans. Like, trust me, as a small business owner, a loan doesn't help me. It's just, it's, it's money. I still have to pay back. I can't get these months back. Right. I can't get my prime months back. So, you know, whether it's buying a gift certificate to use for with them, you know, two or three months from now when you can go sit down in their dining room and have a pleasurable experience, you know, you're going to be there. They could use the money now. Um, do it while you're still getting a paycheck. If you can, I always joke that like, you know, running a small business and being in the shop most days, like we get requests for donations from the community all the time. And we do as much as we can every year to help. Um, like you could, you always go to your small businesses first. If you need money for, to support your team or your, or your play or whatever you're doing like because you can't walk to the front door of walmart and say you give me some money right so now it's the time to return the favor to them not asking for me like find some others do it feel good about yourself help them out so they'll be there when all this stuff is over um because it's gonna it's gonna be a trying time for many of them and if you do that it makes it easier for them to make the right decision and help end this thing a little bit faster and i actually have one really quick thing okay. um have your one really quick thing and you can edit it out if you don't like it. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it applies to it applies to the website. If you've made it this far and you're still listening, kudos. Um, and sorry. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is just like we're in this time of the year where it tends to get slow anyway uh, after spring football. Um, if there's something that you would like us to do, like rewatch an old game or, you know, look at different things for the site. Like, you know, this is the time because there's not a lot of other content out there right now, as far as like easy content, we'll, we'll come up with stuff. But I mean, like if there's something that, you know, an idea or some question you want us to look at or something, this is the time to suggest those things. And, and, you know, we'll we'll do the best we can. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. Um, Somebody's within reason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go spilling all the tea. (laughs) <laughs> but Let's i mean you know like a lot of people about. i know a lot of people are going back and watching old games and you know maybe like the national championship anniversary is coming up maybe we could do something for that i don't know but i mean like you know if you guys have ideas then fire them our way and we'll see what we can do um i'm willing to take a suggestion and run with it for sure all right well you can send those to at justin underscore Ferber on twitter <laughs> um but yeah so we'll see what the next few weeks we've we've got a handful of uh potential content um, ideas for the pod. Well, we're probably going to do it like an off-topic sort of podcast at some point, where we talk about some non-sport stuff. And I'm really curious to see uh, how many of you um, unsubscribe 
um, from the podcast at that point. But uh, yeah, we're we're yeah, we got some some irons in the fire. But if you want to put some more in there, that would be uh, that would be a lot of fun. If you are someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. And if you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you feel so inclined, a rating or review helps to get us out of more in front of more people, and we like uh, we kind of like that. Now, if you're somebody who has found the pod but has not given us a look yet at the website, <laughs> man, what you found us at the wrong time. Check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let's see. I, I mentioned earlier there's a series. Uh, we've got Duke, uh, Georgia Tech, and Miami up now. Um, as you listen to this later in the day, we'll have um, North Carolina, I believe, is next in the um, alphabetical list. Uh, I've also got video talking to Sam Hauser and talking to Caden Shedrick. Um, man, I'm so glad I kept those things uh, in the um, in the notebook, so to speak. Uh, talking about their red shirt years, um, and then uh, later this week we'll have um, some recruiting stuff for you um, as well. Um, I want to thank um, Second String Sports and Thorium Wealth for their support of the show. Thoriumwealth.com, T-H-O-R-I-U-M Wealth.com, SecondStringSports.com, second with a two. Uh, if you uh, are interested, the um, uh, Fanatics link is in your podcast app of choice right now or in the content item for the show, anything that you purchase after clicking that link, it uh, doesn't have to be UVA, obviously. Anything that you that you get helps to uh, support the site, and we very much appreciate that. Um, I think I think that's it. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Uh, I want to thank Dave and Ferber uh, for giving graciously of their time, as always, especially in this sort of upside-down world that we are currently living in. It means a lot to me. Uh, so for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.